0: Uh, If you were there this morning, how many of you were there this morning? Okay. Uh, What would you say it was about? What was the subject? Yell it out. It's okay. Discipleship. Discipleship, Thank you very much. Uh, And if someone was to say to me, uh, what's the most important uh, aspect of congregational life that makes for healthy congregations? I say there's two things that always make for healthy congregations. One... Uh, is outreach. Uh, healthy communities are reaching out. Uh, and the illustration I use for that is something your rabbi probably has shared with you before. It's not, it's not an uncommon idea. Uh, how many have been to Israel? Okay. Uh, and there are two, we say, you know, S-E-A-C. And there's two Cs in Israel, right? Uh, and so the very illustration is an important one, though it's not unhurt. Uh, that uh, the Galilee, of course, in the north, the Sea of Galilee, uh, a lot of fishing there, you can catch fish, uh, it's considered living waters, from Mount Hermon that comes on down and, and therefore goes into the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and then it makes its way down the Jordan, kind of, sort of, uh, down to the Dead Sea, another sea, which... You know, if, if everything was like that, we could all walk on water kind of thing. You know, it's, it's dead. Uh, whatever grows there is something we don't want to know about. And you say, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is the water comes down to the Dead Sea, it goes nowhere. Uh, the Sea of Galilee is living waters because waters come in and waters go out. And so the issue for a community uh, has to do with not merely what we receive, but what we're giving out. Uh, And that is for healthy. So outreach is one of the two elements that are essential for healthy families uh, and therefore for communities as well. Families, uh, I'm thinking of one family now, they're kind of all locked into themselves, all about themselves. and, and And what's going on there? Some nasty things are going on, their own values, their own foolishness, weird things. Uh, Communities keep us healthy, outreach keeps us healthy, reaching out, interact with people. So that's a way to be healthy as an individual. uh, The fact that we are to share Messiah is a way to keep healthy. Uh, It's a way to actually be refreshed. You say, well, I'm frightened to do that. Uh, Well, you can learn some things of how to handle it, uh, but don't allow fear to dictate terms. Because one thing I know for sure, it's not, a, it's not from God, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so if you're motivated or restricted by your fears, it's, just, uh, it's not a, a bad thing, it's just that, that you can get healthy as you trust the Lord, act upon his teaching follow his word, find out from your rabbi and other leaders how to do things wisely and things like that. And you become healthier. That's how we become healthier. How families become healthier, pray for the neighbors. As a family, pray for your neighbors. Uh, And so also uh, for the congregation, Uh, healthier when we're thinking about the community and reaching out, I know this congregation does. Uh, The second thing uh, that keeps a congregation healthy Uh, And therefore, uh, living waters is also discipleship. Uh, You know, the issue of following Messiah uh, is essential. Uh, What I often tell people, this kind of sounds a little weird, so bear with me. Uh, In the congregations that I counsel, coach, establish, whatever, um, I tell that we're not going to have believers as our members, which usually stops the conversation because, okay, you're, you're a heretic, fine. No, no, I'm not, no. They'll, they'll be believers, but that's not going to be our members. Our members will be disciples, not merely believers. People may believe, who knows what they believe? You know, I'm not going to doubt their salvation or their be- beliefs or faith but whether they're followers of the messiah whether they are disciples of the messiah whether they're therefore going to be involved in the life of messiah that's something else again that's something that we can actually uh kind of evaluate and see you know how's it going kind of thing you know how's your prayer life my rabbi prays i don't have to well yeah, no, that's not good. We got, everyone should pray. It's like a free country. Everyone can pray. And so uh, there's healthy signs about discipleship that makes us healthy people. If someone said they're healthy but they were unhealthy, you would say, well, I don't know how you're defining healthy, but you've got your own ideas on it because you're unhealthy. We can become healthier. Discipleship is vital to becoming a healthy community. As we love one another, you say, "Well, I don't need the disciple love." One. Yes, you do, because what love means to you has nothing to do with God. We love in light of who He is and what He's taught us. Love is that's love. Well, the rest of it's Hollywood. And so, as we consider that matter uh, of discipleship, uh, something that uh, is not uh, limited to me—it's not my idea. A lot of people talk about this. I just want to review it to make sure we understand. Our commitment to a congregation or a community is going to be because we have the same values in our home that we're committed to. If you have different values in your home than in the congregation, you will not feel committed to the congregation or its values you'll see some disconnect. Like one, one family I was uh, talking to, and how's it going kind of thing, you know, how's things at home and all that. And uh, fine, you know. I said, well, uh, 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 we're supposed to be doing you know, what we do here at home. They said, that doesn't even make sense, Sam. I said, well, what do you mean? Well, at congregation, we worship all the time. You don't expect us to do that at home. Yeah, I do. Uh, a congregation, uh, we, uh, someone gives teaching on the Bible. You expect us to be all about that at home? Yeah, hello. We don't even watch TV at the congregation. There's nothing the same. Yeah, that's because your home has values, things you value to do with your time, your talent, and your treasure that are different than the values of your congregation. And so for us to grow together, we have to understand there's only one value system. God doesn't have two. <laughs> Yeshua, it's all about Yeshua, by the way. Uh, everything in life is, you know, is about Messiah. All scripture speaks of him. Our lives should speak of him. Our family life should speak about him as well. And so when we think about that, you say, well, You're talking like a madman, I'm like that. They pay me well, considering what madmen usually get paid. This is pretty good. If they raise the minimum wage, I'm doing even better. Just saying, okay? Uh, So when the issue of things, discipleship begins at home. Uh, The congregation is not to be a replacement for the home. It is a reinforcement, Uh, it is an affirmation, Uh, It is something that will supplement in some ways on a bigger picture as a community. But it is not the discipleship is a home oriented thing. Uh, You notice the scriptures I have up there uh, regarding this matter. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6. It's something, you know, everyone train up a child in the way you should go. Right. And when he's old, he will not. Depart. And everyone claims that one until the kid hits teenage years. And then it's like, what happened? You know, so, uh, but that's actually the issue of responsibility, uh, responsibility. And if in fact you're saying, well, uh, you know, we have Shabbat school, the kids go there or whatever. Yeah. The Shabbat school isn't a replacement for home. Uh, it, it reinforces the values at the home. But if there is a difference in values, let me tell you some sad news. If you, got children, if you don't have children, it's like, don't worry about it no more. Too late for you or me, okay? Uh, but kids can drive a truck through any discrepancy. And so if their congregation has certain values in what it does here, uh, we start on time. I really appreciated you telling me that this morning. I need all the help I can get. It may take a village. I'm just thinking now. But uh, but of course, that's... Why? Because you have a bunch of people, and we don't want to waste their time. If you have... uh, uh, Right now, we have about about 30, 40... uh, Must be nothing on TV. Thank you for coming out. But uh, 30, 40 here. And if we wasted 10 minutes, that would be 400 minutes. And I would be responsible for wasting your time. And that would be something I have to answer for. Uh, it's a stewardship responsibility. So, we have to, so, we, so at congregation, we try to start on time. And people say, I can never, I can never get there on time. <laughs> uh, and so, say, well, do you hold a job? And they say, yeah. I guess the boss doesn't care when you show up. Oh, that's different. Tell me why. I get paid. Ah, it's all coming clear. What you value is coming clear. And this is the great challenge to believers, to value the things of God, to value worship of God, to value community, the things of God. Uh, And so we want to be very careful uh, on these matters, because if there's a discrepancy between the issues of the community values and the home. Let me give you a for instance. Uh, I think in the congregation, uh, I I believe you keep a a kashrut kind of formula here. I didn't see any meat. It was basically, you know, so gesundheit. Uh, My mother raised me well, that's where that comes from. Uh, And so that's cool, you know, and and I'm sure we understand it. Uh, Why? Because as a Messianic Jewish congregation, Uh, we are testifying to people uh, who basically understand that that's what goes on in community. And so you want to say, yeah, okay, I see. In other words, we wouldn't want that to be something aha, that's why he's not the Messiah. You eat pork, he can't be the Messiah. Like, okay, uh, you're going to use that one? You're going to play the pork card? Okay but we don't wanna give any distractions or hindrances from the good news, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 9, verse 12, uh, that nothing we do would hinder from the good news. So that's why we're careful in community about uh, the matters that are relevant to the greater Jewish community. Uh, and so those matters are important to us, not because, oh, I couldn't stand barbecue, well, some of us could stand it quite well, thank you very much. But that's not the question. The question is, what am I called to do with my life? My liberty in Messiah is not to fulfill my comforts or conveniences, but by calling. The liberty we have in Messiah is not to feel like I can do things my own way, my own preferences, and no one can judge me. No. That's just another name for sin, self-serving uh, issues. I'll do it my way. Thank you very much. I don't care what God says. And so the issue is, now by calling, when you become part of a Messianic Jewish congregation, you have taken on a calling with the rest of the community. The calling is to be a testimony uh, to the Jew first, not to the Jew only. We love everybody. Uh, this community reflects that we love everybody, Right? Uh, But we want to understand that because we love everybody doesn't mean we're not called to the Jew first. We're demonstrating that Yeshua is God's faithfulness to Israel. They don't know that. Uh, They don't know that Yeshua, uh, they may say Jesus. It has nothing to do with the Jews, they will tell us. No, he is God's faithfulness. He's the fulfillment of the promises to our people. And therefore, we not only say it, we show it. Therefore, Am Yisraelcha, we are going to show that Israel is alive and well in the Messiah. And so our calling dictates how we use our liberty, not our preferences, not our convenience, not our comforts, but our calling. And when you become part of a messianic Jewish congregation, you are part of the calling of that congregation. And so you say, well, what's that mean? We're gonna deal with a couple of things about like what it means, but still, we have to just get the concept in play. Because some of us, you say, well, hold a second. I went to some places, a lot of churches, they, didn't have, they weren't so fussy about stuff. Why are we so fussy here? Because we have a calling. And we understand our calling. Uh, if you, listen, uh, we're all intelligent adults. If God had called you to France, ooh la la, okay. If God had called you to France, I'm going to, you can guess on this one. It's a guessing thing. Guess what language you would have to learn to fulfill your calling. Think about it. Anyone want to guess? Spanish. French. <laughs> you say, well, I, 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 Liberty Fries, I don't want to learn French. He called me to France, but I don't want... Well, then you would not fulfill your calling. You'd be begrudging foot dragger, someone who basically can't stand the idea, but well, God called me to France. Yeah, you know, I, I prayed for Hawaii, end up in France. Ugh. Well, Mozeltov. You're now someone who's like a, a, a poster child for things that don't work well. No, you'd have to learn French, and not because you love French, because you love God and He called you to France. That's why. And so when God calls you to be part of a Messianic Jewish uh, congregation and community, there's language that we learn. Uh, There's values that we uh, embrace as part of our calling, not part of our preferences, not part of our preferences, part of our calling. Uh, And therefore, we are faithful to our calling when we embrace those values. And we therefore want to find a consistency in our lives, integrity, so our children won't drive a truck because at congregation uh, we do this, but here at home we do that. And so I guess nothing really matters. That's how the kids interpret it. No, no, it's a nuanced thing. He's still the Lord. We have to believe he's the Lord, even though we may not do the way. They don't get that nuanced stuff. All they know is people are inconsistent, and they can therefore determine what's meaningful to them, because obviously mom and dad are doing what's meaningful to them. And so that's the lesson they pick up. They don't don't get the nuancy stuff too well. We want to see a community of shared values. it begins in the home. Uh, it always begins in the home. Uh, that's why the scripture says what it says and why the father, uh, who doesn't realize it, most guys just totally unaware that God has a responsibility for them. Uh, once they get married, they have a, a calling. They don't know that. They just, they, you know, they just want to make an honest woman of her. So. But no, they have a calling now. As uh, a husband. And now they have children. That happens, I guess. And they don't realize you're called now to be a spiritual leader in the home. What's that mean? And so they have to learn. And the community helps helps the members of the community, the families, to learn what it means uh, to be a spiritual leader at the home. But when we think about it in Messianic Jewish life, we want to understand it begins real early uh, and so uh, understanding a messianic identity, first thing you have to understand what, you know, Manashtan, Hazeh, uh, what's different about this night? Well, what's different about this congregation? What does it mean to be one? And so, uh, this congregation will be glad uh, to help people understand uh, our distinctive, uh, what we count as vital and important. You have to understand, you say, Well, I'm Gentile. God loves you. He probably loves you more than he loves me, a Jew. He made more of you than he made more of us he must love you guys okay you feel better now everyone feel happy so you want to kind of get your head around that you're a messianic gentile you're a messianic believer you may be a messianic jew a messianic gentile but we share the same values god made us one we share the same values and so yeah, I know some of you, uh, I live in this real world and your family's going crazy. My, my son became a Jew. What's going on here? Are you raised to be a Christian? And he became a Jew. He didn't become a Jew. He found out that Messiah is the king of the Jews, that's all. You no, know, it's a, not, not a problem. Uh, he, he didn't become a Jew. He just became a Messianic Gentile uh, and equal with Messianic Jews in every way. And so you have to understand who you are. It's a different orientation. You're a child of God, that hasn't changed. How you live that out. That's what we're talking about. Being a child of God, biggest deal in the world, greatest title you ever get. Nothing better. You say, I want to be a rabbi. Don't downgrade yourself. Child of God is better and it's eternal. I won't be a rabbi in heaven. Okay, Howard probably will be. Fine. Okay. He's too, he's like a great rabbi, so yeah, okay. But still, for the most part. Uh, A bigger child of God is eternal. That's the big deal. That's where all the good stuff comes from. To live out through the role we have. You say, the role we have. What are you talking about? How many of you are husbands and want to admit it? Raise your hand. No one wants to admit it after a while. Okay, you have a role as a husband. You say, a role? Yeah. It's until death do you part. After that, you're not a husband. But as a husband, you live out being a child of God through being a husband. You're therefore God's kind of husband. Uh, and so if you're a wife, that's a role you have. You say, well, okay, what else? Uh, how many of you are males? Raise your hand if you can. Okay, you're God's male. you get your cues from the Bible, not gonna get it from you know the latest trendy uh, TV show or whatever. No, uh, we're God's male. We live out being a child of God through our maleness. It's a role we play. There won't be marriage in heaven. I don't know how it's going to work uh, in heaven. regarding, But now, male and female. So we want to understand that. You say, well, okay, I'm a Jew. I'm God's Jew. Paul said, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Verse 19 following, just give context. He says, Being free from all men, I make myself a slave to all that might win the more. To the Jews, I became as a Jew. You became as a Jew. You're a Jew. Jew? Well, you become a Jew. You're a Jew. No, no, I'm God's Jew now. I'm God's Jew. I became God's Jew. Now I'm a Jew as God would have me to be. And therefore, he says, to those under the Torah, as under Torah. They're not being under Torah myself. He said, oh, what kind of Jew talks like that? Well, because the issues are we utilize Torah as Jews to reach people who understand Torah. But to those without Torah, as without Torah, what's that mean? Well, there's going to be some Jews you'll meet who, if you wear a kippah, they don't think they can talk with you because they don't think you'll have anything in common. And some of you say, there are Jews who don't wear kippot. You've got to meet more people. If the only Jews you know are in this congregation, you've got to meet more people. Some don't wear a kippah, uh yarmulke. What do we call it here? Yarmulke. yarmulke. Okay. Yiddish. Wonderful. Point being that you've got to be able to get a little bit of a flex mode. You've got to win them in light of who they are and who you want them to be. And you're God's Jew in, this, in, in, in doing it. Because it's a role I play. Will I be a Jew in heaven? I'm assuming so. Uh, just assuming so. I, I hope so. But you, you never know. I, I don't know. But still, I'm God's Jew. And therefore, I live out my life as a Jew, as God's Jew. You're a Gentile. Wonderful. You live out your life as a, as a Messianic Gentile. What's that mean now? That's what you find out. You're a Messianic Jew. You don't get a pass because you're Jewish. You have to find out what it means to be a messianic Jew. There's a difference. There's values that we differ with as messianic Jews. You see, you have to understand who you are in this community. That's the first thing. Then you want to understand some other things. Uh, if you're going to get married, I usually try to warn people go back, run for your lives. Marriage is, no, 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 oh, too late, okay. Uh, so if you're going to get married in the Messianic community, it's going to be uh, uh, an issue that you have to talk about. Why? Uh, what's the home going to be like? What do you mean? Uh, well, are you going to find, if the if spouse, you know, if you're a male or a female, uh, the sp- your spouse, if that person is not Jewish, Are they gonna feel comfortable in the Messianic Jewish environment? Well, we never talked about that. Well, okay, that's that's a problem. You have to talk about such things. Why? Because guess what? Uh, If you're part of a Messianic Jewish congregation, someone might actually think you care about this stuff. And your home should reflect it and your marriage should reflect it. And you have to talk about things. You have to understand what that means. Uh, but she grew up, and Christmas was really meaningful to her family. I got it. I know it's a family thing, a whole warm thing. I got it, you know, you know, and all that kind of... I got it, but, you know, it may not be something that will be for your home. Why? It doesn't testify to the people you want to testify to. I still have, I have my brother. My brother's still alive. I love him dearly. His name is Jerry as well. And he calls me up every year. Every year in December, you got your tree yet? (laughs) He is absolutely sure I must be hiding a Christmas tree somewhere because I believe in you know who. No, I I told you the last 42 years, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't do that. Why don't you do it? I told you 42 times that that does not express my faith. It confuses people about my faith. It makes people think it's a Goyasha kind of thing when it's a Jewish thing. He's your Jewish Messiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to understand these things. And in the world we live in, you have to be clear, honest, and speak the truth in love, has to be truthful, has to be loving. We have to talk about what the home will be like. And someone says, well, uh, that's not for me. I'm not going to want to go there. I was raised a Baptist and I'll die a Baptist. And, you know, and there you go. If you don't, if not good enough, you as a Baptist, so be it. Well, you have some decisions to make. Now you have a values conflict. And so as we consider the issue of marriage, it's a unity of values. If there's unity at all, as opposed to, uh, you know, we both have our own lives that we live. Well, fine, but that's your own kind of marriage. So you want to pray together. You want to understand things together. You want, to, you know, this is a world we live in. So you have to talk about these things, and understand the difference between a messianic home and a home that is kind of neither here nor there. You know, uh, and so we want to understand. These are vital issues. Otherwise you're going to end up with a kind of fuzzy something, whatever, and the kids won't get it. You're not communicating to your own children. You're not communicating to others. You kind of have a life in a congregation that you may not have elsewhere. And so when you become part of a messianic congregation, it's part of a value system that has to do with God's great love for all people to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But we want to make sure the great Jewish community understands his great love. Yeshua is God's faithfulness to Israel. And so messianic marriage issues have to be covered off. Uh, and I hope, I'm pretty sure, knowing Howard, you've had this premarital counseling, right? And you go over this stuff. And sometimes, you know, you know, where you going? Go, have you ever celebrated Hanukkah? And they both look at you and say, we never celebrated Hanukkah. Well, Why? Why would you celebrate Hanukkah? Oh, good, let me tell you why it's a value to us. Let me tell you why it's important, besides the fact that Yeshua celebrated Hanukkah. WWYD, he celebrated Hanukkah. And so you explain and you teach and you help them develop a home life uh, because this is what homes are built upon, all these kind of things. Uh, values that have meaning behind it. We're, we have a calling, children. We're called. We have a vital purpose in our life. You know, why can't we have pork chops like the other kids? Because we have a calling from God. And let's go over this again. Uh, and it's because it's vital and it's valid. And it's, this is actually something that's a big deal to God. The redemption of Israel is a big deal. Uh, The fact that the body of Christ, if I might say, the churches as such don't kind of see it that way, that doesn't mean that we're not talking Bible stuff. We're just saying that a lot of tradition has come into the mix. And therefore, our people have not been appreciated uh, and loved and reached in a way that they need to be. Messianic synagogue is here to testify by our love for each other, sharing values, etc. Marriage. You'll be writing down your questions, I hope. There'll be a time for question and answer. Some of you are looking like you want to throw something at me. Good for you. You're actually thinking about what I'm saying. If, you're, if you don't care one way or another, you're probably here because your wife told you to come. I understand. Considering your testimony at home. Uh, what's that mean? Well, marriage leads to a home life you got a date every Saturday night, okay? That's what it means. It's a regular thing. And so what your home life will be, what the holidays will mean, what kind of orientation you'll have, uh, what will, you know, how do we explain this to my mother, who's a Catholic? Well, we'll explain it carefully, slowly, and without judgment upon her. You know, tell President Obama I'm busy now. I can't can't handle all that stuff. But we want to explain that and, and share why these things are meaningful and valuable why they have a value to us. What our testimony at home. And so it begins uh, really early. Uh, if, you have, if one parent is Jewish, I believe you share this, uh, If one parent is Jewish, uh, the child is biblically Jewish. And so we give a Brit Mila uh, for baby boys uh, who are born to a, a, a family with one Jewish parent. Uh, and so you say, well, what does that mean? It doesn't mean the kids said, I'd like to be a disciple of the Lord. Where do I start? No, the kid did not have a vote in the matter. If he had a vote, he would have voted himself out. But with a brit milah, it's the parents dedicating that child to a certain way of life. The brit milah is a dedication to a certain way of life. Or a child dedication. Uh, Basically, it's a similar kind of thing. You say, well, I want my son dedicated or my child dedicated because I want God's blessing upon You think it's like a magical incantation to dedicate your child? What is the truth of the matter? And all of you parents can understand this. When you dedicate the child, what you're really doing is dedicating the parents to raise the child in a certain way. That's the dedication. When I dedicated my car to God, I dedicated my right foot. To drive well. Uh, and so when you dedicate your child, it's the parents who are actually being dedicated dedicating themselves to raise this child to the glory of Yeshua in a certain way, to bring honor to God, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And in a Messianic Jewish uh, context, we do that in light of the world we're living in, uh, that we want to teach the child to grow up, to love Yeshua. Uh, you want to uh, have children basically uh, you know, the same values, same values. There's some things the Bible uh, prohibits us from doing. There's some things for men, some things for women, some things for Jews, some things for Gentiles. But still, for the most part, how we raise our children, same value system. Vitally important uh, to understand that's what's going on. It's not a ceremony. The ceremon- all ceremonies are telling people, How I will live my life. That's what the ceremony means. So a wedding, I'm going to be doing a wedding in a couple of weeks. As I told the couple, a wedding is a testimony how your marriage will be lived out. The wedding ceremony is a bunch of values and different things you're doing to say this is how we'll live our life, to the glory of Yeshua, whatever, etc., you see. Uh, you say, well, just going to spend a lot of money. Well, you're testifying about the values of your marriage. That's quite all right, but you're, you know, that's how it is. But it should be, all ceremonies should be the glory of God because our lives are together, and that's what ceremonies are about. They testify of some greater truth uh, in the ceremony. You say, well, it's only ceremonial. Don't ever say that. Not because it's a, a Messianic Jewish no-no, because God doesn't look at life that way. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when they abused the Lord's Supper, Zechariah, we call it in our community, but uh, what's commonly called the Lord's Supper. When they did that, Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 20, uh, for this reason, some of you are weak and sick and sleep. Sleep, they died, God took them home, but it's just a ceremony. It reflects a value to God. God will not be mocked. So we got to take this stuff and understand what we're about here. Uh, As a Messianic Jewish congregation, these are not just ceremonies. These are values. These are testimonies of values that we embrace and think are vital, biblical, spiritual, and communicate the truth of our faith about all these things. And so that's where it starts. And it's a very important place to start, right at the outset. Don't wait until your kids in high school before you want to let him know about Yeshua. Uh, All the way along, raise him up in such a way that he should be going. Vitally important, Uh, have consistency, wholesomeness, love, kindness, Uh, very important. Uh, And for a community, be part of a community that reflects your values. If you say, well, I'm not really uh, into that, find the congregation, will because in this congregation, those are important things. If you're willing to study with us, to learn, we're glad to sit down and, and go over why it's important to us in light of our calling, what God has uh, for us in Messiah. So, okay, ready for question and answers, one more little detail. Uh, first, teaching commitment. Uh, when you put a mezuzah on your home, how many of you have mezuzot on your home? Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, what you're saying is we follow the word of God. Now, I, read, I was reading some books, uh, you know, <laughs> the stars of Judah, uh, stars of David, was called, about all these celebrities, Jewish celebrities, you know, very interesting kind of comments, and uh, some Jewish you didn't know, and some, you know, other things. And they were having an argument in this family. Uh, they're both Jews uh, and celebrities. And she wanted to put a mezuzah up, and he didn't. She wanted to the up because it would be good luck. He said, no, 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 we don't want to get into, you know, people might expect us to be real Jews. Well, I understand, you know, but it's not for good luck. It's a testimony. It says that the issues of God are issues for our home. This is a, an outward testimony of the truth of our, what's inside our home and our hearts. And so we want to understand this word-oriented life that we live. And many guys, many women are not necessarily raised to uh, understand the issues of having a home that is like this. The congregation will help you to grow in this area, uh, to be instructed, to understand how to have devotions with your family, how to pray with your family. Uh, These are the things that we should be doing as a community, helping one another. The problem is many people feel like, i got to be kind of perfect, and so I'm not going to let anyone know I don't do this or don't do that. You will be not profited by it. You will not get a profit uh, wanting to look good rather than growing. That's not healthy. That's a, it's pretense. You want to say, hey, we don't have time for What's a thing as a family we can do? What can, what's that thing? And I'm sure knowing how it is, there's 10 things you can do. Uh, but in any case, there's things you can do as a family uh, to make sure that there's a wholesomeness, a consistency as a family. And that's what the children need, and that's what the testimony is as a community. Because the congregation, as I say many, many times, a strong congregation are strong because of the leadership, although you have wonderful leadership. A strong congregation is strong because of strong families that make up The congregation. Uh, On Shabbat morning, it's just a bunch of people getting together, just a bunch of families that get together because we believe the same things and want to worship God. And so this is really the idea that we need strong families to have a strong community, a strong congregation, because there's one value system, that we need your support here. If you do not have those values at home, you won't feel supportive of them here. We need you to understand a holistic kind of approach on these matters uh, so that we can all, as a community, push that truck up a hill. That's what we tell every person who joins our congregation. Uh, you're pu- helping us push a truck up a hill. Uh, they say, that doesn't sound like fun. It's not always fun, but it's, it's like important. It's purposeful, it's meaningful. And so understanding these basic issues, I'd like to, will stop here uh, in order to now, uh, for Q and A a little bit. Uh, if we can. Uh, I brought up, I I, I hit on a number of different notes there, uh, and I'm sure uh, it may actually be things that you may not understand, need clarification. I'm glad to clarify. Uh, I may not have been very clear or understandable, and I I can clarify, you know. uh, or maybe you have a question about how it works, or what you do, or or maybe a question of why. Uh, what about this? Because it seems to contradict what you're saying, or something like that. That's okay. That's all right. Uh, my favorite answer to questions is, I don't know, but I'll ask Miriam when I get home. She's the smart one. So, okay. So. Uh, so, anyone have any questions or comments or something like that? Brief. I'm, we're not going to be able to give you an uh, opportunity for a sermon or anything. Uh, but uh, you say, well, how will you stop me? I love you. I'll stop you. But, in any case, anyone have a question or a comment or something or clarification needed? Sir? The
1: round, I'm easily stopped as close as I
0: am to so. What's that down?
1: I'm easily stopped as close as we are to each other. Oh, yeah. I'm to keep uh, it short. I, can, I got it. <laughs> Um, I'll
0: repeat the question for those in the. It's
1: more of a comment. Is it? I can testify to the fact that that if the parents are trying to raise a child a certain way and they don't live it consistently at home, it does cause a a, a, a real problem when the child decides what he wants to believe as an adult. Yeah. And I think I think the stats are like eighty-two percent now of children raised in, in theologically-centered homes are not staying with the theology they were raised in, probably because of that very
0: thing. That's a contributing factor. Yeah. It's a contributing factor. And it's not just Messianic Jewish homes. It's a, every home that actually, you know, there's some values in the co- congregation they're a part of, uh, but they don't find it uh, lived out at home. The kids drive a truck through the differences and come up with their own, and and see the whole thing as kind of hypocrisy, or especially if they live contrary to the very values they purport to have. So uh, he said that there's a lot, this is a a broad issue, and 82% was the number uh, he used to say of children, just don't follow through on the parents' values and stuff like that. I I wouldn't be surprised, I'm not sure about the exact numbers, but it's not uncommon. Uh, And a contributing factor is the inconsistency of the parents to the very values they purport. My friend Martin Raynone became a Hindu monk. He was raised a Catholic. Uh, and I, uh, I found that interesting. You know, I said to his mom and dad, uh, I said, uh, what about the religion? Yeah. Oh, that was just to keep him straight. We don't believe that stuff. We just, you know, you got to tell kids right and wrong. And so you, well, no wonder he's a Hindu monk. I mean, good grief, uh, who would be surprised at what comes out when, you're, when he knows it's just rules for kids to keep them straight and uh, Santa Claus is as real as the Easter Bunny. Don't tell me they're not. So uh, it comes like you know foolishness to them and they don't bother with it. Uh, so we've got to understand that that's a common problem. That's the point you're bringing up and I think it's well said. Thank you, yes. You have to really speak up. I have old ears. Okay. okay. So the, there's inconsistency on the family level sometimes yeah. in how you express your faith yeah. and, and find meaning in yeah. your calling. Yeah. You know. And then you know, it spreads out. Confusing different levels can still be confusing to kids. Sure. sure my, grand, my mom gives them a giant like human sized chocolate bunny ooh <laughs> <or something>. ooh <laughs> i know? like the chocolate the bunny yeah yeah it's a confusing <laughs> thing it's a confusing <laughs> thing sure yeah but you have, and then yeah with this? yeah and then Our unity is not uniformity. For the greater body, Messiah, we're part of the body, Messiah, but our unity is in Yeshua, not in cultural expression. Uh, That's uniformity. Uh, So we want to understand we have unity. But people who are not discipled in the faith don't understand their faith, don't really understand the values of Scripture and what the faith is. They are acculturated, not discipled and therefore they only understand their faith uh, by their cultural expression. And if you change the culture, they think you change the faith. That's patently untrue, uh, but it also shows they really don't understand their faith other than as a cultural expression. And so discipleship is different. Uh, Discipleship has to understand the values of what we believe and why, uh, so we can actually help our children understand what we believe and why, and why grandma, Uh, is going to, you know, ruin their teeth. just saying. It's difficult, too, even when they interact with their friends. And And that's part of it, too. All kids just want to fit in. Every kid in the world just wants to fit in. We understand that most adults just want to fit in. Uh, So it's not something that's a hard, and we have to say to them, yeah, we we understand. Uh, Why can't we just have a Christmas tree? Well, my friends have Christmas trees, or whatever they might be. Okay, Uh, um, okay. But whatever it may be that they want to fit in. So, parenting, pardon me, was the last? Oh, sure, because a minority normally feels that way. A minority, part of the issues of being Jewish and why uh, liberty has been a tough road to hoe for Jews is that because of the freedom, we don't have to act Jewish and therefore be different. We can pass uh and so that has been a watering down diluting of, of, of being jewish in general and so kids just wanna fit in people just wanna fit in and so we have to let them know why certain things have a value the blessing is that they understand that it's more meaningful to them oh, good you know. yeah it is a blessing and so the issue of parenting comes up here because there's a lot of issues I mean, you know, it just doesn't have to do with Messianic Jewish, it just has to do with you know, right and wrong issues and, and issues of, you know, the kind of zombie movies and things that just gets thrown in faces and the torrent of sensual, sexual stuff everywhere. And so it's always going to be tough business being a parent. And your job uh, is to basically help them understand right and wrong uh, as best as you can at their level. One thing I did quite often was repent. Uh, Because, you know, uh, we're following Yeshua, and I therefore fall short, and I can lose my temper, or I might, you know, whatever, and I need to repent. So parents have to say, yeah, I was wrong. Uh, You know, there you are. Uh, I didn't know what to do, so I did wrong. Uh, Let's see if nothing else before we come back around. Oh, you're pointing for Howard's sake. You're a wonderful man. I take back everything about that. Howard, please, please.
1: I was just going to say that um, if, uh, you know, uh, children are pretty resilient, and if you're, you know, if you're raising them with a spiritual core, and you explain to them, oh, this is where grandma and grandpa, where they're at, and this is yeah. where, then,
0: you know. You hear? Yeah, and people are resi- children are resilient, and you need to explain, you know, and by the way, chocolate wins out every time. Uh and you got to you got to put a, you know you got to put a muzzle on the grandparents because they will No, we don't give our kids chocolate and candy. Come on. You know? Uh well, we just love them and want... Yeah, you're also like just a, give them an ear. How about just the ear of a rabbit? or something? Is that enough? So, uh, it's really tough with grandparents. And so you just got to kind of work with the deal as it is. That's how it is. Uh, just tough. Uh, somebody else had a question or comment before we move along our merry way, so to speak? Uh, did you have... I thought I saw a hand. I beg your pardon. Okay. You don't have to have questions. I want to make sure that if there's need for clarification, and sometimes the clarification is not what do you say, but what does it mean? in real time. What's that mean? What does that mean I have to do? I mean, you know, am I going to have to what? uh, uh, What uh, am I going to have to scrub my house for Pesach? Uh, house I grew up in, we did. Uh, What kind of level? Well, that's the community value. That's what you talk about. Where is our community at? Uh, What do we do? And some are going to be more observant and some might not be as observant, but there's a community value we need to embrace and understand together. Uh, and that, it's a discussion point on some of those matters. But to say, you know, I just don't feel like doing it, that's not the lesson you want as a testimony. Uh, so you wanna be thinking what is a value that uh, basically is something we, we can say in, uh, as a biblical truth that we live out in how we live. You know? uh, I hope, so. I hope uh, you're tithing, hope you're tithing. The uh, best way to receive financial stability is to trust God. Uh, but people who don't know the Lord, they're going to think you're crazy. And that has nothing to do with Messianic Jewish. Oh, they're just taking advantage of you. Well, yeah, that cynicism, of course, is what is not going to work. Uh, but, so P, there's a lot of things we do that the world will not agree with, that their friends may not think about, or whatever it may be, And we just got to understand we're raising our children to the glory of God. uh, And there'll be issues that we may not get right and things done. And and so we'll talk about it. And as a community, embrace a value that becomes a testimony at home and in our congregations as well. uh, In order that the Lord uh, may be well pleased uh, to honor uh, the community and the congregation on these kind of matters. Because otherwise what the Lord does, um, you see how messy my screen looks? It's clean compared to my desk. So now we feel better about things, okay? Uh, (laughs) And so as we consider the issue of of these matters, uh, we want to understand, uh, let me just see something for a second here. My files aren't working. I don't know, I think it's Ohio. I always try to blame something other than myself. And so Ohio has to take it on the chin, uh, unfortunately, because of the life I live at this point. Uh, so hold on a second. Nope, not going there, not going there. Uh, let's, let's appreciate uh, the fact that when we talk about uh, the matters of community uh, and deal with the ideas that have to do uh, with the life we are are living, uh, we want to understand, uh, and simply so, that we're being challenged uh, in this life. Uh, That we are actually being challenged uh, to live a life of growth and development. We all want to be accepted. As is. And we do. We're, that's how God loves us. He accepts us as is. He accepts us as is, but He doesn't leave us there. He wants us to mature and to grow. Uh, for some of us, that can seem inconvenient, uncomfortable. You know? uh, and it's like, uh, what does that mean? Does that mean, you know, I remember one, I won't mention who it is, a very famous person. Uh, and he said to me after he started having children, he said, you know, my wife and I, we have to be careful what we watch on TV. I said, really? Why is that? The children see everything. Hmm. About time, we didn't know what to do until God gave you kids. Glory to God. Yay! It's some monitoring in your TV time. Because all of us want to be kids. We want to be children. We want to get away with things. We want everyone else to obey the law so we can kind of not worry about it. That is just something God is helping us with. When I became a man, I put away childish things. And so as we grow up and mature, this is God's business, God is on his game, higher calling, everything working together for good, for his purpose. His purpose is to become conformed to the image of the Son. They might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. So we're going to be like Yeshua. That's God's plan. And so you say, well, hold on a I just like it where I am now. That's your plan. Your plan may be in conflict with God's plan. And so there are things that we may not be doing, and the reason we may not be doing it is because they get boring, or tedious, or, I, okay, I think I heard that joke before, Howard, or uh, Passover, I think we talked about, pa- well, I think last year we talked about Passover. You know, uh, how about something new, something, you know, interesting? And so a lot of us, we all have the same problems uh, when we look at the scriptures. And so we're going to look at some scripture that is meant to speak to that issue. Because before we can gain the disciplines in the faith, we have to have some discipline in ourselves. And God is wanting that for each of us, for the sake of our children, our community, and our testimony. And so let's just take a look We will the scripture itself that we'll uh, be touching upon. Uh, It says here, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses... Uh, you as sons, my child, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when, he, when rebuked by him. You say, I don't like the way this is going. I didn't want to talk about this stuff. Yeah, uh, a lot of us may still be angry at God, disappointed in him for one thing or another. Uh, and if you haven't been there, you're kind of, I would wonder, how'd you escape? When my father died, I was a, a leader. I was angry at God for three months. I, I was not, my wife said I used to wake up in the middle of life screaming at God. It took me three months to come to terms uh, to where I was able to receive counsel. I understand those things. I hope you do. Why did God make me thus? Why did I have this? Why do I have that going on? What's, if you love me, why is it hurt? What's going on? We have to understand God is growing us, grooming us, developing us, uh, et cetera. For the Lord dis- disciplines the one he loves and chastises every child whom he receives. I hate that, every child. You know, Can't you make a kind of an exception? My mother didn't always make me clean up my room. God loves me more than my mother. There you are. So as we consider this very matter, we want to understand this. Uh, the whole book of Hebrews is a word of exhortation. Uh, encouragement, exhortation. Hang in there. Don't give up. It's too soon to quit. That's what the whole book is about. Uh, To trust in Yeshua. Keep looking to him. Keep following him. And so that's what the scripture says in chapter 13, 22. And so it's meant to let us know, hang in there. It's always too soon to quit. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your community. Don't give up. Oh, you say, but they, they gave me an ugly look today. Yeah, well, Bless those who curse you. There's, there you go. you got a whole way of doing things. Uh, pray for those who despitefully use you. This is what, you know, I usually end sermons, not here, saying, I hope you get abused this week. May you really be treated miserably. May people say a couple of really nasty things that break your heart. And they look at me like, say, this guy is just crazier than they even told me. You know? because that's the only time we get to be forgiving and merciful. And God called us to be forgiving and merciful, not to be comfortable. God called us to such a time as this. And so the very issue of this book is for Jewish believers especially, but all believers, the word of God. And so the Jewish believers were being pressured to give up Yeshua, uh, to give up uh, all this messianic Jewish stuff, you know, for various reasons. And maybe some of you are pressured not just by a Jewish community or Jewish family members. Maybe you're, uh, by Gentile family members who think the whole thing is bananas and crazy. It's all the same thing. Uh, and so we want to understand giving up Yeshua is not something we do. Uh, and so this book is meant to tell us to press to the mark, to be encouraged, don't give up, look to Yeshua. Looking at, that's how we run the race with endurance. It's all about endurance. It's about endurance. The discipline to endure is what growth is about. Uh, Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. That was verse 4, which we didn't read. And so, uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 through 4, endure. Look at Yeshua who endured. Uh, He's the model. Follow him. Uh, We're going to endure with him. Learn how he was able to love miserable, nasty people. Uh, and not you know, revile back who reviled him, uh, how he's able to pray for those, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do uh, from the middle of the waves, the cross, dying, whatever. Great. We're all there. And so we need to follow him and grow. Uh, these harassed uh, believers, they struggled. But yet God, said, it's a funny thing. God is sometimes so straightforward that I can't stand it. That's him. And he gets encouraged. You have not yet, verse 4, before the verse 5 we saw, you have not yet resisted to the shedding your blood in your striving against sin. What? I just want to worship the Lord a little. I've, yeah, well, understand, there's illustration. You see those little boxing hands things I got there? Uh, so, you know, do, 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 see that? Uh, back in the day, during the games, they had Olympic sports, a lot of sports guys here. It's all good. Uh, boxing, they had a leather bands uh, which had lead and iron uh, studs in it. Uh, therefore when they punched you, you bled. And you constantly were, had to live in light of your own blood being poured out. Those who were able to endure uh, to the shedding of blood, uh, they were crowned victors. And so he's saying something they understood. You understand life is tough. Uh, and so you haven't gotten to shedding blood. You've merely been harassed. You've been people said some ugly things about you, or, or something, and so yeah. Because he says here, you know, uh, in your striving against sin. So the whole issue, uh, the very issue, has to do with sin. He's saying here. You say, well, what do you mean? As he's talking to believers, I remember that uh, sin. That's the real battle. That's what we're fighting. The whole selfish, self-centered, self-serving attitudes. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Uh, The whole issue of, you know, I'll eat what I want to eat. No one's going to tell me what to eat. Or I'll wear what I want to wear. uh, And no one can tell me different. It's my body. I'll do with it as I please. No, no, you're the Lord's, you're the Lord's. And so it's a battle against sin. That's what the issues are. That's always the issues. There are no other issues. And so we talk about this whole issue, forsaking, denying Yeshua. The real battle isn't external, it's internal. Uh, Sin in Hebrews, forsaking Yeshua. You say, I would never forsake Yeshua. Uh, What breaks a camel's back? Yell it out. What breaks a camel's back? What? Last straw. Just a straw. Just a tipping point. Uh, salvation is seen following Yeshua. Are you following or forsaking? And so we need personal discipline to endure, to love people when they disappoint us. Uh, people in the congregation who didn't follow through on something they said they would do, to love them and not allow that to allow to, uh, anger or resentment to grip our soul. It's a discipline, personal faith. And so, falling away uh, from the faith, uh, from pressure, problems, persecution. Only takes place if we haven't got the basic disciplines of the faith, because we never first developed the blessed discipline to endure in the faith. So before someone learns about prayer, most I, uh, my, uh, I travel a lot. I know lots and lots of leaders and believers all over the world. I have found that, more, that most believers are over-educated. Uh, they know too much about prayer, and they pray too little. Uh, they know a lot about the Bible, but they don't read it or apply it. Uh, and it's the implementation that really matters. Uh, Torah was given to be lived, and so we're to live out the truth of God's word. Uh, Yeshua says, as I said earlier, uh, if you know these things, blessed are you who do it. The blessings and the doing, not the knowing. you got to know it to do it. <laughs> but it's the doing that brings the blessing, where the Torah was given to be lived. And so uh, the very issue here for our lives is something we want to really quickly cover, and I mean quickly. Then we'll have time a Q and a Why? Uh, what's our training? A couple of things. Training has to start with love. I had someone who questioned my... A book that you use, one of my books, because the book has to do uh, with, starts with love. Why'd you start with love? Because that's about, that's what it starts with, love. God understands understand God's love. You're gonna go through a program that where it hurts, you gotta remember God loves you. Otherwise, you'll think this can't be good. I must've done something really bad, you know? Submit to his authority, and therefore enjoy and minister his peace. So real quickly now, let's just understand the text. Uh, Very important, the first section here. Uh, Have you forgotten the exhortation that he addresses you as sons? And so, my son, it's all about the Lord's discipline. The Lord disciplines the one he loves. Love somebody else for a while. You love me too much, O Lord. (laughs) But this is how God raises up his children. And for those of us who are familiar with the Torah, we understand this is taken directly from, uh, from the Torah. You know, This is what it said in uh, Devarim, chapter 8, verse uh, 2 through 5. Uh, the way we went through the wilderness was to train us up in the way we should go. Nothing unusual about that. And so uh, he says here, we have responses. There's some responses you can have if you don't like the way it's going. You can do two things. First of all, you can despise it. I hate this. I resent the fact I have to hang out with these dumb people thinking dumb things. Time is money. Wasting it every time I'm here. Okay. Uh, you, can, you can despise it. Or you can be discouraged. Oh, man, I must be a loser. Oh, what's the use? You know? Oh, man. always oh, got these things happening, you know? Man bad, 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 and both of them are the wrong responses. Uh, Don't have those responses. Don't get discouraged, don't get into this, I despise life, Uh, it's all bad, and I'm gonna vent or whatever. No, they're both the wrong responses to the work of God. And so we want to understand uh, that we have forgotten, that we have forgotten something. Believers need reminders. Mostly what your rabbi does is reminds you of things you know and shows you how it applies and he tells the visitors what we believe in, what our values are, what's important to us. That's, that's what he does. Reminders. We need reminders. I need, How many people need a, a 55 mile an hour sign? Okay. I'm just saying, we need reminders. You see what I'm saying? There? This is not unusual. The government knows we need reminders, and they have signs and all sorts of things to remind us. You know, no texting and driving. Uh, oh, I really? I forgot. So, we need reminders. That's what, You forgot. You forgot how God uh, handles things. That's the problem here. What do you mean? Well, this is an exhortation, an encouragement, an urging. Hang in there. Hang in there. It's always too soon to quit. Always. We remember. When we trust him, we remember he loves us and cares about us. You, you can read uh, my note Uh, regarding uh, the little boxy thing I put there. He never speaks to you as a sinner. If you're a child of God, he never speaks to you or treats you like a sinner. You say, well, hold on a second. (laughs) I'm not perfect, you know. No kidding. Uh, And so if you have a child who's three years old, they're not going to be expected to do what a 10-year-old can do. And so when they mess up as a three-year-old, yeah, that's what three-year-olds do, and you help them along. God sees us and says, yeah, they're immature, we're going to work on it. He never treat The Scripture, the whole new covenant is based upon the fact, I will forgive their sins and remember them no more. What he has forgiven, he has forgotten. He, did not, he cannot treat you as a sinner without denying the death of Messiah. He has forgiven. He has forgotten. He only speaks to you and treats you as his child, as as his children, his beloved children. And so you have to get that as a foundation to grow. Otherwise, you might think, well, if I treated someone this way, I probably would hate them. No. Making them clean up their room is a sign of love, as we taught our children, right? I love you too much to let you get away with this. That's love, you see. Uh, So it's a bad thing for you. So I love you, and so we understand. Very important to understand the development that God has for us is based on His love for us to develop that we might be indeed more than conquerors. He has no other plan. Not for there's not one believer that God said you can be immature, no problem. Not one. Not any. And if that is strange to you you got to understand this is the biblical values that help us be a Messianic Jewish congregation because the Messianic Jewish congregation does something, many things, consistently. Part of our lifestyle. Part of the way we live. Not just coming to services on time, which is something. Had one man, a Jewish man, came to faith. I was teaching on Zechariah 12.10. He was so shocked. He said, is that really in the Jewish Bible? You know. I said, yeah, I showed him. He said, wow, you know, came to faith. I said, what, what really brought you uh, to really open up to the truth? He said, you started on time. I was hoping it would be my delivery of a sermon. We started on time. He said, I figured if you didn't value time, why would you value people? I said, okay, okay so that's good. Uh, the world is smarter than we are. The children of darkness are, are wiser than children of light. Uh, so, we got to understand these things. But we want to appreciate he never treats us, uh, you've got to get that into your, into your soul and into the soul of your children. Uh, you want to make sure it's very clear, uh, these kind of things, because you end up with really stinking thinking about God and our faith and all kinds of stuff that really isn't true. And so, uh, we've all gone astray. Each one turned to his own way. God's not unfamiliar with that. Uh, Messiah died one for all, uh, the righteous for the unrighteous, uh, to bring you to God. Uh, and so that's what he did. And so, therefore, their sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. And he means it. Death of Messiah, pay for all your sins. How many people believe that death of Messiah paid for all their sins? Even the ones you haven't committed yet. There's so many sins you don't know about. All you know is probably what offended you. And so we want to understand the issue here. Discipline uh, children, discipleship Messiah, a training program he has for us as we grow together. So we have to understand the very discipline of love that we have for our children. I love you too much to let you get away with it. Uh, I need you to do your homework. I need you to clean up your room. I need you to, you know, uh, my mother said, you know, you need to wash your hands. Both sides. Oh, mom. So we want to understand that this is what it is, raising children. This is how God raises us up as well. Uh, and you're never going to get so old that he doesn't continue raising. We're all growing uh, one way or another. Training in love, not condemning in wrath. Never happens, will never happen. All scripture for training in righteousness. We're being trained. How many of you played sports besides your rabbi? You played baseball? You played in, college, in high school? nice. Uh, anybody play sports where had a real coach? And the, what, what sport you play? Soccer. Cool. Um, the coach basically said, kick it any old way you want. No? Uh, you can, no? Uh, when they're not looking, you can use your hands. No? And, and so he taught you how to kick? Or she did? And, and once was enough, or did they make you do it lots of times? Lots of times. So you did it automatically. Because at the end of the game, if you're exhausted, you do things automatically. You can't think about what to do. You've just got to go in automatic. And therefore, we're in situations and circumstances that we're not ready for. We go into automatic, and God is training us up so that we would be loving people in an unloving world, not knowing what's coming down the pike. And so God is bringing us to his training program, developing our discipline so we'll love when it's not called upon. I didn't know I was going to have to love somebody today or I have to forgive somebody. I didn't know I was going to have to be merciful to somebody. Uh, So this is where God has called us to be uh, as his community, as his people. A messianic Jewish community is a disciplined community where disciples, the word disciple, certainly in English, has to do with being under the discipline of our master. That's why we're his disciples. Not because we've learned a bunch of you know, Jewish stuff and holidays and, and matzah is boring. No, it's because we therefore do these matters uh, as his Talmudim reflecting his values and truth for our lives. And so it says in verse 7-8, the second point, we submit to his authority. Uh, endure trials for the sake of discipline. Think about that. Endure the trial for the sake of discipline. What's that mean? Be good discipline for you. Oh, there's got to be a meaning. There's got to be some deep truth. I've got to be some, some, some purpose that makes it all worthwhile Why I had to be in a traffic jam and I couldn't get home to see my favorite show. There's got to be some real thing here. No, it's just for you to gain some patience and pray for the people around you. Oh, man! Yeah, discipline. You endure for discipline. So that when you get to the real fight, you'll be ready. When you get to the real issues, you'll be ready to roll. uh, As opposed to someone that gets crushed by, you know, oh, my favorite program got canceled again. I can't believe it. Uh, So we want to understand the issues. And so it says there, God's treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you're illegitimate children and not sons. So the discipline is proof that we're his children, and our fellowship is based on that. Let's see, it says here in Deuteronomy, God is treating your sons. What sons there does not discipline, and so submit to parental authority over his actual children, father's standards, uh, the very fact, the values. This is what's being discipled into us his values, his standards. Yes, you will go and you worship me, but I don't feel like it. I'm still God. I'm still God. But it's too nice a day. We should really spend some family time with the kids. You're going to tell them that God is only God on bad days? You know? But they need to be socialized. You're going to tell them that over the fact they should be worshiping God on Shabbat? Is that really what you want to be communicating no, no, that's not what we want to communicate. What son is there? Father's values, being discipled, disciplined into us. We learn them I and we grow into it uh, and ready to actually live for him according to his will. And so uh, Tanakh is fulfilled with this kind of stuff. You know, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You never said it that clearly before, Lord. <laughs> I see. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, and we know that sometimes affliction comes in, in someone's life and it changes their life around. Is that true, Howard? Absolutely. And God is on his game. He treats us as children. He loves us beyond our comfort, our convenience, or anything else that our flesh may desire. And so... Write down your questions. I See, you're, you're brimming over, brimming over. So it's good, to be, good for me I was afflicted. You know? It's good. Imagine saying that. I can think of a hundred things I hated at a time. I look back on now and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I understand now. I realize now. You have, were on your game. I had an unprayed-for hospital ministry. There was somebody in the hospital I had talked to about Yeshua. I would never meet that person except for, whoa, wow, oh, I got oh my goodness. And yeah, God has on his game. And so every area of your life, your health, your wealth, uh, the circumstances, uh, the community you're living in, uh, why that house came up in the market, I don't care what it is. The fact that God is sovereign over our life, and therefore he brings us into this life, the occasion is the opportunity for the cause of our lives to be seen and revealed as we live for him. And so it's good for a man to bear the yoke when he's young. What's that mean? You're gonna bear it when you're older. You gotta learn how it is to, to, to work, give a full day's work for a day's pay. You have to know what it is to work without being squeamish, without being whiny and complainy. And that's what, the, the, that's what scripture tells us. It's good for a man to wear the yoke when he's young. It's good for him to have that discipline in him, to work hard, you know? Uh, my mother was very ill. I had to start working at 16. Uh, why? It took everything we had to keep the family together. That's why. And we all were working as well as going to school and everything else. It's just the way it was. It was good that I learned to work because it's important. And that's what we want to understand together. Yeshua himself, though he was son, he learned obedience to the things which he suffered. Now, he knew truth, but when he had to come in the flesh, now he knew what it was to all of a sudden freeze in the winter and sweat in the summer, and when you stub your toe, it really hurts for him too. Suffering is opportunity to understand what it is to trust God through it all. Uh, And people who don't have the disciplines who say, well, I'm just too busy to pray. You just don't have the discipline of prayer. Oh, man, every time I start reading the Bible, I fall right asleep. Yeah, that's because you live in a world where you need to be entertained uh, to keep, keep awake. Uh, the song has to be your favorite before you can worship. Uh, the picture has to be something. Uh, you, know, you look at a photograph. Where am I in this picture here? So, uh, you have to have something for yourself. So he's dis- growing us, maturing us. Therefore, you have a, a, you'll have no better discipline, spiritual disciplines in your life for prayer, for the word, for fellowship, for being a witness, then you have the discipline of the Lord in your life, that you might be a a warrior in prayer, that you might be a a man, and woman of God, no other calling for us. And so the discipline is very important. And so we want to understand, therefore, fathers, do not provoke your children. Why? I like provoking my kids. That's not how we do it. That's why. That's why my father did it. Bad behavioral model. Doesn't work. God, go by the book and learn how to have a healthy family with proper disciplines and those kind of things. And so, if you are left without discipline, which all have participated, then you are illegitimate sons and not children, sons and, uh, children, not sons. This is our fellowship. We are the people who understand that we are going to step up. We are people who live for the Lord. A Messianic Jewish community is going to be different. A Messianic Jewish community is going to have a unique testimony. It's not going to fit in to the status quo. It's going to be something that has something for everyone to hate. Uh, and, and that's the calling. And you say, well, I just want to you know, be liked. Uh, uh, I was on a board of directors once, and a guy on the board, nice, nice Christian people on that board, and the guy came in, he was so happy, he said, the Jewish community gave me a award. I said, Mazel Tov. He said, what's wrong? I said, they give awards to people who really are innocuous and harmless. As opposed to people who may be sharing Messiah with their neighbors and friends. you got to be careful. The fellowship we have is a fellowship that is not ashamed of the good news. Not ashamed of Messiah. Therefore, we interact with the Jewish community in love and kindness without ever, ever negating our faith or diminishing the the fervency of faith at all. It's that faith that brings us to love. And so, uh, we believe in Yeshua accordingly. People say, well, what if I don't suffer? What if I just kind of, you know, I I believe in God, I believe in Yeshua, whatever. uh, I don't don't care about suffering stuff. Yeah, that makes you counterfeit. Because the Bible says every child. So all of us, and so if we're merely medicating ourselves, if we're merely living in a world of distractions, uh, giving in to uh, base and awful things, uh, dealing with the stress and the pressure of life in faith, we're going to find ourselves basically uh, not having a very strong testimony. You can probably see that. Therefore, we grow in this regard. And so, uh, endured discipleship. I'm going to stop here. Uh, we're going to go to what time did we say? Uh,
1: we could go, we have it on the schedule to go
0: to 9.30. Oh, uh, that's cool. Oh, that's okay. all. No, I, I want to stop here, uh, because the issue uh, really, as is we consider it, uh, for parents, I want to just make mention of the fact, you know, how we, uh, is your children wild or wise, How does it work? Well, let's just understand for parental purposes, how this works. Uh, Parental responsibilities, parental responses, parental results. Good to go? Can you see it okay? Yeah. Uh, So the first thing, uh, there's two elements that are needed to raise children that God raises us with. Same thing for us, how we raise our children. Unconditional love. Nothing you can do can stop Him from loving you. Is there anything your children can do to stop you from loving them? If you say yes, you got to talk to God because you haven't got His love working through you. And then consistent discipline in equal measure. Consistent discipline and unconditional love. Not one or the other, both in equal measure. This is how God raises his children, how God has called us to raise our children. And so no and yes, yes and no, the results. What about a home uh, that has basically, darling, everything you do is wonderful. You can't do wrong. Uh, You know, now uh, We end up with the prima donna, you know, uh, the princess and the pea. Why? Because there's love, 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 but there's no discipline. You know, uh, there's no correction. There's no uh, cost correction. Basically, whatever you do is lovely, darling. You know, uh, so you want to understand. You say, well, what do you mean? Some congregations could be like this. You got to be careful. The home has to basically understand what wise children are going to be like. And so what about a home where basically it's a lot of rules and regs, uh, but, not, but no love? It's a military camp. It's a military camp. Rules and regs and no love, and they find out that doesn't work either. And you have children who rebel because they really need to be loved. People are created in the image of God to be loved and to love. They need, that's a healthy person that you love and allow people to love you. If you have a problem with people loving you, if you have a problem loving people, it's a counseling issue. You should talk to your rabbi or other elders, or maybe he'll outsource it to some counselor. But you've got to be careful, because we're created to love. What happens if there's neither love nor discipline? That's where our sociopaths, that, that fills the prisons. You know, do what I want to do. You know? I not have to care about other people. No one's going to tell me what to do. You have a problem with that? So... We want to understand, that's the sociopaths that get developed in our society. Bring them bed together. That's where wise children are raised by the Lord and by parents. Uh, And so we want to understand the model. You'll have to understand some flex. As we go through, every child's different. (laughs) You're going to have to be in flex mode constantly. But this is how God is. Every one of us is different. The goal is the same, to be like Yeshua. The values haven't shifted because of our personalities or ethnicities. And so this is how God works his plan for us. I'd like us to take a moment, uh, if there's any questions on these matters, uh, to kind of uh, deal with uh, any questions you might have uh, regarding these things. Now, or clarification. I speak fast. People say it's like trying to get a drink from a fire hose why it gets recorded so you can download it slowly and review it and go over it. It's okay, it's not a, it's not a problem. Uh, we wanna just understand those kind of things for our lives. Uh, as we consider uh, questions, let's go there before we go on. Comments, questions, concerns, any concerns like, oh, we should let our children decide what kind of faith they want. You can have that, it's free country. You know, Summerhill. anybody remember the, back in the seventies? Summerhill. You know, children need to be free. Yeah, they need to have a sense of direction. Yeah.
1: Um, I've heard it said that the, the goal of God's perfecting process is not perfection, but authentication and I, I think that
0: applies to parenting I think it applies to discipleship and to actual okay uh he commented that you know he read, we read somewhere heard somewhere that uh, it's not perfection but authentication yeah. uh, which sounds good I'm not sure exactly what it means but it sounds really good It rhymes I like things that rhyme uh and you know uh so yeah god uh perfection god uh the parable of the prodigal son everybody know that story the prodigal son thing right uh, the father in that story, who did it represent? Anybody can guess? God. God. Representing God. God had two sons, they're both losers. One was a prodigal, wasteful person, and the other was a narrow-minded religious bigot. Fine, no love, you know, kind of thing. Two sons. Well, what does that tell us about God? He doesn't expect to have perfect children but to love imperfect children perfectly. The job of parenting is to love perfectly, not to have perfect children. Uh, We wouldn't know what that looks like anyway, so it's it's easy, Uh, but we're to love them. And so we want to make sure we love and have disciplines uh, that are wise and good and wholesome. Uh, Another question before, I I really want to make sure I'm hearing you if there's things that you're brimming with uh, or maybe a concern. I. Usually people at this point either hate me or they have a question. So you hate me, huh? Okay, that's called Jewish manipulation. Not a messianic Jewish value at all. Okay. We don't hate you. That's speaking for yourself. <laughs> you sit too close to say anything. different. So we want to understand, we're going to move ahead just real quickly now on another kind of thing. What does that discipline do? Here's the next section of scripture. And you say, well, what do you mean? Uh, God disciplines us for a purpose. His purpose. But it's not like in vain that we might be able to therefore be the kind of people he created us to be and redeemed us in Messiah. And so let's just really grapple with this for a few minutes, just for a few minutes, and then we'll have time. Maybe you'll have some other questions, like, can I leave now? Something like that. That's a good question. No, you can't, okay? So let's understand. And so, in this section of scripture, we see our country completely divided, pluralism, uh, various values, no one can judge one another, and everything else. Blue state, red state, United States, no, we're just not on the same page. So it's an unhealthy country. Uh, and so, the question comes down about spiritual health. Are we spiritually healthy people? Are we spiritually healthy people? If you have, uh, you know, uh, if you're young, you can eat anything you want, I'm so sad to say. Uh, when you're old, you can't eat anything you want, <laughs> but that's just the way it goes. Uh, and so you may have an unhealthy diet, and you're re- so young and resilient. It's a shame how young and resilient you are. Uh, it almost validates unhealthy diets, you know. But never mind that. You can be spiritually unhealthy. Uh, with all these things of anger and self-pity, resentments in your heart, uh, sense of you know uh, greed and envy and all kinds of stuff, you're an unhealthy person. But you can come healthy. Our country can be healthy too. So, your family—is your family healthy or healthy? It's perfectly healthy. Well, let's let's evaluate that on a spiritual health basis. If you went for a checkup, they would you know look for certain. You say, "I'm perfectly healthy." Sure, sure you are. You're about to die. Your heart is so clogged. Uh, I'm surprised you're able to say you're healthy. So is there family prayer? You say, why? Is it supposed to be family prayer? Yes, it's supposed to be family prayer. Uh, led by the dad. Uh, he's the spiritual leader in the home. And therefore, uh, if he's out of town business, sure. Mom will step up. But it's a dad thing. Uh, that's what the scriptures teach us. Uh, so we want to understand. Family, pre- family devotions. Uh, are you kind of looking at the scriptures together, get values and talk about? You say, you must have a lot of time in your hands. No, this, this, this is just the way the Bible reads, what we do. How we care for our families. This is a healthy family. This is what keeps us healthy. Uh, family witness. What do you mean? The Neighbors know your believers. Uh, and therefore, you know, you—they're expecting you maybe at least return what you borrowed, <laughs> you know—that'd I mean, be one witness, uh, etc. Or do you basically have a faith that no one knows about? Because you know, I—I I wouldn't want to basically be looked under at that mic by that microscope. Thank you. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want expectation placed upon me. That's an unhealthy attitude and situation. You're unhealthy. That's an unhealthy thing for a believer. Psalm 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're called to be his redeemed. Family affection. What's that mean? That you love each other. You care. You hug each other. Uh, We're huggers and kissers, okay? World I live in. And so you care about each other, and you're affectionate to each other, and you show it, and people need to be loved and to love. It's a healthy family that loves and receives love. This is a healthy community. Uh, this is what it means for uh, family commitment to a congregation because if your family's not doing that the congregate, you'll be put off by it, you know. Uh, you won't understand values that the, you expect then in the congregation. And so the congregation, the same kind of stuff. There's only one value. system. Our community is spiritually healthy or unhealthy. Does it permit gossip to go and stop? Uh, are there cliques, you know? Uh, all sorts of issues of division. Uh, what's going on? You say, are we supposed to talk about this stuff? We're supposed to talk about this stuff. We're supposed to, have a, to work towards being healthy. This is what we do. This is, and we do it by talking about it, making sure we, we're addressing issues. That's how we do things. I'm sure after I leave, it'll be applied and you'll be able to talk about it. Uh, but are you ready to get healthy? So Messiah has a, is, wants to heal you, being health to your life, even to our nation. I believe revival can start here. If it starts with us, that's, that's the issue. And so the scripture tells us these very things. We're going to go over it in a moment, right now. Real quickly. First of all, let's understand uh, what we'll look at. There's three points. I always have three points. Why? It's better than having four points. Two doesn't seem like enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So, preparation by attaining, pursuit of sustaining, and the perception for retaining, which we won't have time to go into this evening. You can download this uh, at our congregation, hopeofisrael.info. You say, you actually tell this to people that you have to see, see, see the very next week? Yeah, yeah, I do that. And so, we see here what it says. In this verse, we want to see three commands to get healthy. You say, "Well, I'll do what I want." You're not going to get healthy. Take your medicine. If I want, well, then you're not going to get healthy. You don't take your medicine. You know. So you got uh, there's, there's three commands: strengthen the hands of the weak, a strengthening process; make straight the paths for your feet; and pursue peace with all men. Those are the three commands for this community who had their problems, their pressures, their difficulties, their trials. Uh, how to follow the Lord outside the boat with the waves and all of those things. Three commands in order to attain and sustain health in a family, well, with an individual, a family, and then the community. First thing, start at the top, always work our way down. And so, uh, what are saying here is, of course, reflex to knock? It says in Isaiah 35:3. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. This is what tonight. This is what scriptures teach us. We have to apply it uh, as well. And so we have. There's weak parts of our life. We have to make them stronger. Uh, we have to build up. You say, "Well, I've never been someone for prayer. I like prophecy. Wonderful, but you gotta pray. Why do I have to pray? It's healthy. It's talking to God. It's a relationship thingy. God." created you for relationship. He wants to hear from you. Or maybe, yeah, well, it isn't bad enough to pray. You mean it has to get bad enough? Okay, uh, you know, no. God cares for relationship. We should be praying, talking to God. And so uh, the whole way of, stre- how do we strengthen our grip? The sword of the spirit, the word of God. I know lots of believers, they have the grip of infants. Uh, their ability to hold the Word of God, to hold forth the Word of God, is like talking to babies. Uh, they're easily tossed aside. Uh, anything someone says is enough to throw them off their game, you know? Oh, uh, well, we, we Jewish people don't believe he's the Messiah. Oh, gee, I never heard that before. Oh, my. What do I do now? Well, You've got to know your Bible. You've got to know your Bible. You, you said, don't we pay Howard for that? You don't pay him nearly enough to do his job and yours. He's merely to remind you to read your Bible, by the way. And so you got to be people who read the word, understand the word. I've I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. you got to understand what the word of God says. How will a young man keep his way pure if he keeps it according to your word? Psalm 19, verse 9. The word of God is actually what God has given us to fight the good fight and to actually have a different life and not to be overwhelmed by our flesh, by the issues of this world, the circumstances of life. And so we have to get stronger. You have to get stronger at home, we have to get strong as individuals, have a personal conviction. I'm going to read my Bible every day. Uh, I'm going to, even if I have to go get some kind of Messianic Jewish devotion, have to, any Messianic Jewish devotionals, right? He'll get you, he'll write one for you. He loves you that much. Uh, you get a daily bread and messianize it or something, you know? But get into it, how much? Not much, five minutes a day. Stand tall for your faith. The way of the Lord is stronghold to the upright. And therefore, you have to be strong in the Lord. No exceptions permitted. Not that we judge each other, we comfort each other, we encourage each other. But we don't, change, we don't draw the target around the arrow. We all agree we have to grow and need encouragement to keep growing. That's what we do. We don't say, oh, no one's doing it. Let's forget about it. That's silly. No, let's encourage one another. from Top down, parents need to have these values before the children can understand them. That's a personal conviction in your life uh, before you expect the children to sort of gather around or something like that. And so how do we strengthen hands and knees? The scripture tells us, strength me according to your word. That's what God has given us. That's your spiritual vitamin, these, you know? Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow in respect to salvation. 1 Peter 2, 2. Strong meat is for the mature who by reason of use have their senses trained to discern good and evil. This is how you know right and wrong, good and evil, by the word of God. This is how your kids will know right and wrong, good and evil, by the word of God. You have to know the Word of God, otherwise you're guessing. You're taught what's right is what's right for you. No, it's what's right in the sight of God. Only the Word of God teaches us this stuff. And so we want to understand what the Scripture says. I quoted that one too, strong meats for the mature. This is how we discern, gain discernment. So here's a little test for yourself. yourself. Don't look at other people's papers. Make your own little thing here. Check off, here you go. Uh, do you have a daily time in the Word? Uh, not out loud. This is between you and the Holy Spirit. Just, you know, do you have a daily? Yes or no? It's a simple question. You say, sometimes. Okay, that doesn't count as daily time. That counts as some time, not daily time. Okay? <laughs> daily time, you know. Are you acting upon that? You pray, Lord, help me to follow what I've just read and studied. Help me to put into place. Help me to love a little bit more. Help me to pray a little more. Whatever it may be. Acting upon it. Does your family study the Word together? You say, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we do. Help your family understand what our values are and why the community has the same values. This is important stuff. Because that's the kind of family they'll have. This is how they'll know how to have a family. This is what, how we teach them to have a family by what we do at home. You say, well, it's too late for me. Apologize to your kids and encourage them. Say, I'm sorry didn't have it, you know. Sorry, I, it was one group of leaders. And, and a guy came up to me during the break and said, I'm not doing any of that stuff. And, well, what do you mean? And, I'm retired now, but when I was working, my career was everything. I didn't have time for that kind of stuff. Who, who cared for them? my wife? So what do I do now? What can I do now, he said. My heart went out to him. I said, you can repent. There's always repentance. Isn't that glorious? You can repent. Be, go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I put, I put my career ahead of my responsibilities in the family. Uh, sorry, Lord. Forgive me through the blood of Yeshua, and you are forgiven. Understand. Confess your sins. He's faithfully just Forgive your sins. and cleanse you he so said, then what? Go apologize to your wife. Because she had to pull a double load. Apologize to your wife. And then go to each child starting at the top. Sorry, son, I didn't spend more time uh, praying with you and those kind of things. I, you know. I asked them, I said, What's your what's your children like? They're just like me. You know, their career is everything. That's what we cat in the cradle. This is what they learn. So we want very much to be able uh, to, to have to shiva to repent and to then press on to the mark and say, yeah, I can do better because the grace of God is my sufficiency. And so, oh, by the way, okay, so, uh, you know, will you implement daily? Will you, will you do something with what we're talking about? Or will you sit through yet another teaching and just kind of figure out, is there something here I liked? Is there a lot of little nuggets? I didn't use enough Hebrew. I like a little Hebrew nugget, you know, kind of at work, kind of... uh, Will you implement what the Bible teaches? That is the calling we share and the encouragement God gives us and we have for one another. We press on to the mark together. These are the disciplines of the faith that we might be able to be more than conquerors. Uh, He says here, uh, make straight paths for your feet, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And so there may be a weak area in the body. It can be healed. There can be a weak person uh, in the community. They can be healed. They can be strengthened. Things can get better. It could also get worse. It could be thrown out of joint altogether and useless. And so we, we, can have, we have some things here. What's it talking about? From Proverbs, it's, he's doing a lot of referencing from the scriptures, of course. Uh, watch the path of your feet, all the ways will be established, turn to the right or to the left, turn your foot from evil. And so, what do you mean? Well, this is what the scripture's talking about. When it has about straight paths, you have to have straight paths. Uh, For those who are runners, any runners we have here, I know Howard, you're a runner, Uh, you know what happens when you hit like a break in the road or something? You can turn your ankle, right? Trip, fall, hurt yourself. It can happen, right? If you hit like a, a break in the sidewalk or something, or you know, you have to have straight paths. That's what he's talking about here. said, "What? Well, what's that even mean in real time? What are we talking about? An uneven path the half-truths. You know, having half-truths are basically figuring out, you know, what do I say at work? What do I say at home? And living a life that's like that. That's going to put you out of joint. That's not going to bring healing. You have to have a consistency between what you believe and how you behave in order that you might become. What we believe... Has to be things we act upon, the values contained therein, that we might impact our behavior, and that's how we become conformed to the image of Messiah, and grow up to be like Him. Otherwise, we're kind of status quo thing. And so, level path of truth—that's where the healing comes. Uh, you can be actually healed. Uh, I am a living testimony, and quite a number of people of our generation, you know whacked out one way or another, but God's word made a difference in my life, and the more consistent I am to it, the more healing I find. When I got saved, I didn't think a logical word or a reasonable word or would ever come out of my mouth again. But God makes a difference. He can make a difference if you will only trust him to make that difference. His word is a light unto my path. Oh, there it is. Huh, imagine that. Uh, it's only a light and a lamp if you use it. So, come, let us go to the... mount. We can sing this if we wish. We know this so well, don't we? We sing this right Come, let us go to the Mount of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us. That's why we go there to teach us. Why? So that we may walk in his path. That's what we do. We don't learn things. We learn to live. We're not learning anything but to live. You have to put it into practice. That's why we learn it. Uh, If you knew that God was going to expect you to obey what you learn, would you even come to services? Or would you say, oh, I'll trust you for that, you know? Or would you say, no, I want my agenda fulfilled. I'm trying to figure out my agenda. Well, either his will be done or your will, but you got to make a choice. Why? Because the life of a Messianic Jewish believer is a life of knowing that we have to stand up for truth. We are called to a time such as this. And there's going to be pressure points and difficulties and trials. Uh, And so, you know, for believers in Israel, they face it all the time. Uh, Not getting promoted because they're believers, not being allowed to live where they want to live because they're believers. All kinds of pressure points. You're familiar with this, of course, Harold. Just the way life is. Uh, How can a young man keep his way pure? By your word. That's how it works. And so we need to build a greater, consistent word to be growing strong the Lord. Let us rededicate our lives to be like Yeshua. Believe to behave. Put it in practice. When the Bible says that we should you know, give us this day our daily bread, you know, when the Bible tells us that we should be reading his word, you know, we don't say, eh, that'd be nice. Wow. Imagine that. It's like heaven, you know. The Messiah has come. We read our Bible. No. This is, we, we say, okay, When it says, you know, pray, we pray. Yom Kippur, you fast, why? He told me to fast, I fast. It's not for me. So, moving on, moving through, uh, the pursuit of sustaining spiritual health. Last thought we're gonna have, I promise. Pursue peace with, I hate when it says all men, because I can't stand some of them but it goes that way it always god loves everybody and i can't stand anybody but god do it pursue peace with all men two things up there two, you know command pursue peace pursue two things one is peace the other is holiness let's deal with peace one command two ways of expressing it to men and god why? Strive to acquire. Be proactive. We're called to take the initiative. Love takes initiative. We move forward. You say, well, I'm tired. Pray for strength. Uh, every time I came home, I'm sure Howard works very hard as well. Every time I came home, I, I knew when I walked through that door, I knew that wife needed a husband and those kids needed a dad, and I'm exhausted. I'm on, I'm on fumes here. There ain't nothing left. I left it all in the field. I knew that woman would need a husband, those kids would need a dad, and I'd have to pray. Lord, give me what I need to be who you called me to be, because right now I ain't got it. And God would be gracious to me. Why? Because he always gives us what we need for the calling he called us to do. He won't give us to fulfill our calling, but his. So he called you to be a husband, a dad, to be a faithful husband, pay for he'll give you what you need. If you trust him, if you talk to him, lean on him. And so, pursuing peace, we're proactive. We want to understand that matter. That's what the scripture teaches us from the Psalms: depart from evil, do good, seek peace and pursue it. You say, This writer was just stealing everything from our Tanakh. He thought it was his Tanakh too. He thought Yeshua was just like all about that. So, you know, this is just how the new covenant's written. And so, we put with all humanity, pursuing peace. And so, when we consider that, you know, this is actually what we're about. Our Messiah is all about. He's the Prince of Peace. Uh, he's in charge of peace. You want peace, you've got to come to Him. There ain't no way to have peace in your family, in your heart, in our community, in our nation, anywhere else. In Israel, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're praying for the Prince of Peace. There's no peace apart from Him. And so, we want to understand when we pursue peace, we're talking about sharing Messiah, living Him out. Living out that peace with one another. Lord the God in the highest, peace on earth, good will of men. This is who Yeshua is. And so we pursue the things which make for peace. Scriptures are replete with these matters. And so that means that we are we're going to actually be proactive when it says pursue peace with all people, we go get them. We don't wait for them to come to us. We're to pursue peace. We're to be proactive. We're taking the fight to the enemy. We're bringing truth to a world that knows our lives. The goal is to make our foes into friends. This is what God does. For Though we were enemies, God reconciled us. And so we have that ministry of reconciliation. Bring, that's what we do. And so you say, well, not me. Well, that's, this is what we all do. You say, well, I'm not that kind of person. Who cares? You think God has kinds of persons? Oh, you're so creative, telling the truth would be hard for you. So it's okay, you don't have to tell the truth. No, we all have to tell the truth. Well, we all have to be honest and straightforward. and We all have to live for the Lord. We all are his witnesses. We all are pursuing peace with all men. We're called to be peacemakers and thus be sons of God. And then secondly and finally, holiness with God without which no one will see the Lord. This is certainly uh, something for us to take stock if we've been living life thinking somehow the grace of God allows me to live for my pleasures or I can guiltless sin or something like that. Uh, we, we don't understand the grace of God. No, it enables us to live for the Lord. Uh, we find that it is enabling us, not giving us a, a guilt-free sinful life. Why? Because we're called Kedush Hashem. You guys know Kedush Hashem. You teach on this, right? This is what we do. We sanctify the Lord. Our lives are to sanctify Him, to set Him apart, treat Him as holy uh, in our life, at work. At work. At work. Do, uh, you, know, do you lie or cheat or steal? Uh, leave work early because guy's not looking. I mean, what do you do? You steal from your wife through internet porn? Uh, because she doesn't know? No. We're to do Kedush Hashem wherever we are. We sanctify His name all the time. That's what our lives are for. We grow in that. Seek to see see God now and forever. What do you mean? I always love this verse. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. You mean in heaven? No, I mean now. If You're pure in heart. You see Him at work. You see His miracles. I see a whole group of miracles here. Uh, those of pure heart can see God at work. That's what the promise is. And therefore, seeing God, being with him, now and forever. Peace with this is the last thing. Peace with all and holy towards God. The two sides of the very same coin. Towards people, love God, love others. That's what we're called to do. The two great commandments, right? First one, right? In the Vahafta, right? Love the Lord, you go with all your. And the second one, like unto that, love your neighbors. So we want on the, this is the big stuff. This is what counts. Peace with God, holy towards uh, peace with all, two sides of the same coin, dedication to the prince of peace. Result of that same dedication is going to be seen in not only pursuit of peace, but holiness. If you're dedicated to him, you're dedicated to the things that he has our lives about. So let's pursue peace and holiness. How? Well, by committing to pray for and personally share a Messiah. Pray for your, Start with praying for your neighbors. Don't pray before you do. Don't lean on your own understanding. Pray for your neighbors. Pray at work. Pray that God will make a proper situation at work uh, to share your faith. And it might be as simple as uh, someone at work, their kids are sick, saying, uh, my family's going to be praying for your kids. They'll probably say, great, thanks. Even if they don't believe in prayer, at least that shows good thoughts. You know, uh, Be the person who, in your neighborhood, basically, you, you, they can count on to pray when things go wrong. Uh, be, a, be a caring person. Pray for your neighbors. That'll earn you the right eventually. It'll open up doors. God can move. Pray. Uh, so... We want to understand what we do. We and I pray there. You'll notice the last thought, by the way, just to get back. Woo, isn't that nice? Isn't that kind uh, Personally share. Pray about personally sharing. Say, I don't know how to do it. This congregation will teach you. You can learn. Uh, or you can, with, with rabbi's permission, I have a, uh, a seminar called Share Messiah. It'll give you helpful hints of what to do have conversations, etc., with your neighbors, your family, anyone with ears to hear. Don't be picky. So last thought, both peace and holiness, what you receive by looking. We receive the peace. We receive holiness. We grow in it. We live it out. We therefore pursue peace with others because we got it. You can't give what you don't have. By faith in Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, you have peace with God, peace between ourselves. We've got it to give. That holiness, we're, created, we're saints, right from the moment you came to faith. Saint Howard, not a very popular saint for prayer, but, you know, one of my favorites. You know, so, uh, Saint Jeff back there. Okay. Saint Aaron. I don't know if Lutherans have saints. Tell your mom you became a saint. It'll just drive her crazy. So we want to understand, uh, looking to Yeshua, this is what we do as we focus, stay plugged in. What you receive is a gift, don't charge others. And what he did for us, we receive. What a glorious thing we have. (laughs) What a great God we have. Loves us, never give up on us, never leave us, never forsake us, never talks to us as sinners, always his sons, always cares about us, has our best interests in mind, uh, is the God who actually has a game plan that's greater than our understanding, great on our own ambition, uh, and so others can have that too. We want them to have it. Our desire for the Jewish community is to enjoy what we have in Messiah, that he is God's grace to our people. And So this is how we live. Simple thing. Pray in this to Messiah. Memorize and personalize. Grace. You say, what's personalized mean? When it says, how will a young man keep his way pure if he keeps according to thy word, right? Well, but it's personalized. How will I keep my way pure? If I keep it according to your word, I just personalize it. You say, Are you allowed to do that? It was meant to be done that way. It's for you, it's for you to act upon. Personalize it and say, Yeah, uh, I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, for God so loved Sam. Uh, there was one guy who I was discipling, been a believer for 20 years, never been discipled. Went to recognize Messianic synagogues, And so it went over. John 3.16 personalized. When he saw, for God so loved him, put his own name in there, he started crying. He never thought it. Never dawned, never... That God loved him. Despite his own low self-esteem. God loved him. Obey his word. By faith we obey. Faith, obedience. Romans 1.5. Romans 16, 26. Faith, obedience. Have faith, follow through. Encourage according. Never encourage me apart by the word, from the word of God. I don't need platitudes. I need to follow the word of God. That's all I want. Help me get there. And don't accept encouragement that's contrary to the scripture. It's just not healthy for you. Give him thanks and praise. Uh, Yehuda, praisers of God. And so we are. Participate as a family and the congregation has these same values. Start over. That's what we do. Uh, thank you very much uh, for the time with you. If you, uh, maybe if you have a question, I might quickly be able to at least say, I don't know. Uh, but I'll ask uh, my wife when I get home. So any questions, comments, or something, or whatever? I don't wanna, I'm not looking to strain on the net here. Yeah, you can. there's two websites. Uh, Hope of Israel would have all of the Hebrews uh, teaching, uh, if you're interested in this particular thing, series of sermons I did. Uh, some of the other websites for leadership issues and things of that sort uh, that we discussed at other times, uh, mywordofmessiah.org uh, would be a, a site where there's lots on leadership issues, uh, et cetera. And so that's how that works. Okay?